Hey, redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian, and I know I'm a broken record, but this is something we have <laughs> never covered before. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about, we're talking about, this is really cool. We're talking about tattoos. tattoos. Talking about tattoos um, and specifically how redheads experience pain when they are getting a tattoo, which we thought yeah. this was a really interesting podcast. Um, Stephanie and I do not have tattoos, but we know a lot of listeners do. And we started to wonder, wow, when redheads get tattoos, which when I think of tattoo, I think of pain, you know, there is pain involved in it. Right, right. How are they, how are they, you know, experiencing that pain? Is it, is it worse? Um, so we thought having a tattoo artist on would be who's really, a natural really cool. redhead, of course. And that's just honestly, <laughs> we don't even know how that happened. We just wanted to basically talk to an expert who knows about yeah. pain with redheads can, right. and tattoos. And then, so yeah, we're talking to Lindy Lou. She is a tattoo artist and owner of Mama Tried Tattoo Parlor in Louisville, Kentucky. She's also a painter, wood burner, co-owner of Aurora Gallery and Boutique, and of course, a natural redhead. So we thought it'd be really cool to talk to her. Right. Yeah, just to have that conversation with a natural redhead who's also a tattoo artist. She owns her own tattoo parlor, and she's going to talk to us about how redheads deal with pain. Like, I'm interested to know how she handles the pain and how yeah. she feels. And what she recommends to redheaded clients. Who are coming in. Yeah. yeah. I'm like really, really interested about this. Fun fact, when Stephanie and I were living in Miami, we went to University of Miami, we both wanted to get a Vendetti tattoo. Our last we name. did. We really wanted to get it. We never did. Where would we put it? I don't know where we wanted it, but I remember like we always like talked about getting it. And then we wanted to get like the shape of like how to be a redhead. How to be a redhead. We wanted to get that somewhere, but we never have. But like we always want to do like a sister tattoo thing, yeah. but we just never did. I have. Would a you ever get it, or do you feel like you passed? I just the have age. a phobia of needles. Like I can barely go get blood drawn. That I'm like, why would I? I don't even know if I could do it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to I, I really be like. Obviously, we're so passionate about how to be a redhead, and I would do it. But I. I, I, that's the number one reason I haven't got a tattoo. Yeah. Like Brian, for, my husband, I'm talking about, he forgets that he has a tattoo on his back. <laughs> he forgets about it. Well, I mean, it's not like he sees it every day. No, true. That's true. what when it he is. was like 18 and stupid because he has no idea like why he even got it. Um, you can get tattoo removal too. Yeah. I, I just think it's faded. I mean, it, I couldn't picture looking at his back. Maybe that's how some people feel when they get a tattoo, like without it. But yeah, I have a couple girlfriends. Like my girlfriend Kitty, she has it so placed on her back, so beautifully. Does I she? I didn't she... know she had one. Yeah, she has oh. one that like in the middle of her back. So when she wears like a low cut shirt or something, it's just it's really pretty. It's like a really pretty spot. Mm. Um, yeah, not a lot of my friends have a tat not, tattoos. Now that I think about it, but to me, it's such a commitment. Obviously, because it's so per it's permanent. Obviously, you can get it done. That. I never knew where I wanted to get. I think that was my biggest thing. I always knew what I wanted, but I was always debating on where to get it. And then finding someone that you trust with nowadays social, I think makes it a lot easier with that and reviews and things. But back in the day when we were, you know, I was contemplating it when we were younger, it was like, oh my God, who do we go to? And yeah, now I think I passed the point of getting it. Maybe I do one of those, you know, um, they have ones that are really cool now for temporary tattoos. 
Yeah, no, they do. They do. And, and um, not that this is really a tattoo when we've done podcasts about this. And I don't think that we're going to talk to Lindy Lou about about it, but microblading. Mm, true. Is, that is, is a form is, a, is an eyebrow tattoo. You know, it, it's semi permanent. So it is gonna fade. It does fade on like a normal tattoo. tattoo yeah, but... I didn't even think about that. True, true. Yeah. So I don't know. I am really interested. We're gonna also if you're a redhead listening, and you want to get rid of a tattoo, we're, we are going to ask Lindy Lou about tattoo removal too, and the process behind that. Um, I think that this is a really, really cool podcast. Different for... episode. Yeah, yeah it's excited. really, really different. So let's call Lindy Lou up. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, Lindy Lou. It's Stephanie and Agent Vendetti from the How to Be a Redhead podcast. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. We're so excited to have you on our podcast episode. Let's dive right into it. Um, A question we ask all of our guests, what was it like for you growing up as a redhead? Oh, gosh. Well, I was a like 90s baby or I was like, you know, coming of age or whatever in the 90s and stuff like that. So uh, I don't think it was as like good as it is now. Yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, there was also like things coming up in like um, like The Little Mermaid or mm-hmm. like, you know, we had like Strawberry Circuit and Rainbow Bright and all that kind of stuff. So like with that like kind of representation, I feel like it got a little bit better. So I don't know. I also am from a farm, so like you know, I have pale skin. I'd have to wear like long sleeves every day working out in the yard and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, I always felt like I was like a little special or different, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. And your style is often described as colorful, whimsical, and humorous. How do you incorporate these elements into your tattoo designs? Like my clients come to me for illustrative designs, and so they know what they're getting into a little. So I try to like with every design find something in it that makes me happy, you know, like mm. just something in it that like makes me smile or like mm. a moment where you're like, Oh, look at that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, everybody seems really receptive to it. It's been really cool. And then there's just some like outright silly ones that from the get go are ridiculous that I love. So that's been nice. Yeah. And like, them. how did you get into being a tattoo artist too? Like, I always wonder the transition, you know, like what, what made you want to do that? I kind of always have wanted to. Like, my mom said I would, like, color all over my Barbie dolls and stuff. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but, like, whenever I was, like, old enough to, like, like I mentioned I'm from a farm, like, I would, like, legit, like, take a four-wheeler a tractor and go to town and, like, try to hang out at tattoo shops. I was, like, 13. And they'd be, like, get out of here, kid. And I was, like, I have questions for you. <laughs> yeah. But I've always, like drawn and my parents were really encouraging of that and stuff like that so then um when I eventually moved to Louisville I sought out an apprenticeship which is the best and only way to become a tattooer out of curiosity how many tattoos do you have oh um god I don't know like 30 40 I think it's not a lot until it becomes one again 
right? That's a rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like freckles too. You know, like you know, they say that it all becomes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that must be how it is. With the the eventual redhead tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And when, what? How old were you with your when you had your first tattoo? Oh, 15. I made a fake ID. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so bad. I um, I made a fake ID that looked terrible. And then I went and I was just so surprised that they would actually do it that I hadn't even really thought through what I wanted. I had just assumed that they were going to be like, absolutely not. And so I went in they, they were like, all right, what do you want? And I got the cover of a book about social anthropology as a tramp stamp. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like rebellious, but really, really nerdy. <laughs> so wait, yeah. did you end up covering it up or do you still have it? Oh no, it's still there. <laughs> it's staying there. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. And any redheaded clients that you've had in the past that have done redheaded specific tattoos or maybe they weren't even redheads but they maybe are inspired by something with their yeah. hair or something yeah oh yeah I mean I've definitely done um like I mentioned earlier like strawberry shortcake or like um pippy long stockings mm. or some like redheaded characters on redheads so that's been cool. Um, a lot of, and I have one too, a lot of strawberries on people. Oh, and stuff yeah. Like that. So you, um, you have a strawberry? Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. I totally do. Yeah. It's on my, I don't even know if you can really see it. Yeah. I can, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I love, yeah. I love that people celebrate their red hair through their tattoos. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too, me too. Do y'all have tattoos? No, no, no we haven't. We have we <laughs> we haven't done it yet. But like, we used to want to get one. Remember stuff like back in the day, we wanted yeah. to get one, and then we've always wanted to just do like the, our logo, like our "How to Be a Redhead" logo. Like we've talked about just getting like just a shape of it. But I'm yeah. I, I, this is this is Adrian for anyone who's listening. But I I'm so afraid of needles, so I never had the courage to do it. Oh, that's valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Louisville. I'll be nice yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But we were just thinking about how Stephanie and I know this will be our next question, but like a lot of redheads have problems with pain and they experience pain differently. So um, I guess I was always yeah. afraid too of like the actual pain of it that I never, I guess I've been like a wuss about it, but I've just been nervous. I've just been nervous to do it. No, that's totally understandable. And it's something that's really foreign to any other feeling that you would possibly have you know mm-hmm. there's no describing it there's no like mm. like people will be like it feels like a cat scratch or be, it does not it feels like getting tattooed and there's nothing else like it it is however a very tolerable pain the first five minutes suck it's just terrible it really is i know it that's the worst but then your body starts converting sugars like all the sugar in your system into endorphins and adrenaline and oh, it lessens. Okay. And I think being redheads, I th- do think we have a bit of a higher pain tolerance. Right. So I do think that first five minutes is not as brutal as it is for some other folks, which is nice. Um, I think that what it comes in for us in a negative way is that our little fair skin is also quite sensitive. Mm-hmm. So what we run into then is that we swell. Mm-hmm. And so if you're getting, yeah. So if you're getting a bigger tattoo as a redhead, Break it up into two sessions. Don't go to some artist that is like, we're going to do a tap out, eight out. No, you're a redhead. 
break it up. Like do a line work session, do a color session or two if you need it. Okay. Um, okay. But again, as far as pain goes, I we got that in the bag. <laughs> yeah. So I think you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. So what do people do for the pain management though? Like, do they like take an ibuprofen or like, you know, and obviously we're not recommending any of these drugs to anyone to take, but I was wondering what people do to prepare, especially a redhead. Like, do they just mentally prepare? Or do like, do they like take a drink? Like, do they have an, a sip of alcohol? Yeah, like, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> we definitely do not allow that. Um, but like, no, no, alcohol. Um, so no drinking or anything okay. before a tattoo, please. Um, but no, actually, cause you don't want to do anything that thins your blood. So we don't, oh. uh, suggest any kind of like, yeah. Oh, so oh, we no don't aspirin. suggest any kind of like, yeah, none of that. Honestly, okay. it's just, um, it's going to be worse cause it's going to take longer if you're bleeding more. Um, so what we ask for people to do before they come and get tattooed is that for the two weeks beforehand, hydrate, just hydrate like crazy, like drink so much water, so much, uh, an hour before your tattoo, eat a ton of food, like sugar up, eat things with iron in them, that kind of stuff. The morning of limit your caffeine intake, like every step that you take to make it so that your body feels better before you get tattooed is going to lend into you feeling better while you're getting tattooed. So that's what we suggest as opposed to, um, you know, ibuprofen or something like that, or even there's topical numbing creams on the market, Mm. which are a bad idea, but letting your body do what it's going to do and putting it in its best possible condition pre-tattoo, that's going to be your best bet every single time. Mm. Okay. That's excellent tips. I mean, I had no idea. I'm just listening so closely. I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, Well, and I touched on those topical anesthetics and stuff like that too. Um, And I think that that's a point of contention within the tattoo industry right now. A lot of them are marketed towards tattoos, but they are not supposed to actually be then injected into your bloodstream, Mm, which is crazy that they advertise them as tattoo anesthetics because clearly we're going to be putting like needles into your skin and then it's going to be injected. Um, So people have been having complications with that, which can be like seizures. Like it can be totally terrible. Okay. So it's like a topical numbing cream, but some people are putting that into their system. Oh, I guess like it it soaks in. Yes. Like people are putting it on top of their skin for like an hour before a tattoo and it does numb your skin to be fair. Um, But, uh, but then it's again, just supposed to be on top of your skin and it's not supposed to be like injected into your bloodstream, which is going to happen if you're getting a tattoo. Um, Mm. so, and also there's a thing that's called like the wave of pain. Like I mentioned earlier, your body is like converting sugars into adrenalines and adrenaline and endorphins and helping you deal with that. If you use a topical anesthetic, then your body doesn't know that you need to be creating those things. So then when it wears off after like 30 minutes or an hour or however long it takes, all of a sudden you are feeling all of it, Mm. like all of it. It is such a bad time. Like, so you're kind of overwhelmed with that. So again, better to just like go the natural route, (laughs) you know, take care of your body. Yeah. Let it like, let your body do what it's going to do best. And it's taking care of you. I I was wondering too, like with all the tattoos you had, have there been some tattoos that you felt Mm -hmm. like weren't very painful and then some were, and it's just based on like your lifestyle. Like maybe you weren't hydrated that day or like maybe, you know, you weren't eating the right things that day. Have you noticed with all your tattoos that there have been some that have been different than others? 
Oh, absolutely. And placement makes a big difference too. Like spots like, you know, outside of your bicep are going to hurt less than like your ribs. When I was much younger, gone in hungover before, nightmare. (laughs) Like total nightmare. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I know. You're just already so like bad anyway that like then the like needles on you not good you know also like being women and stuff like that like if it's like in the first few days uh of your period oh it's just so much worse I was gonna ask that about the time of year to is there a best time of year to get a tattoo I was thinking about seasonal but then it made me think of if someone was on their menstrual cycle if that really plays into an uh, an effect of tattoos. And you just kind of answer that. It does, right? Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Not only from just a pain standpoint, but your skin reacts differently. You can swell more. Um, it's just a bad time. Like often if a like if I'm about to tattoo a woman and she mentions that to me, I'll check and see if she wants to reschedule just because oh. I know it's going to be a bad time for her. Like we oh. might be able to do the tattoo just fine on my end, but I don't want to put somebody through something that's going to be worse off if they had just waited a couple weeks more. And then how about the time of year? You know, of course, someone has someone ever come in and they have a sunburn and then they want to get a tattoo. I mean, that doesn't sound ple- pleasant. Yeah. And we can't tattoo over sunburns. They won't, um, it won't heal very well um, or any kind of like broken skin or anything like that. But I think more so to think about what time of the year is healing afterward. So after you get a tattoo for the four to six weeks or whatever, however long it takes you to heal up, you can't get excessive sun. You can't be in water for a really long time. So no beaches, no, you know, no pool, that kind of stuff. So a lot of like more serious or whatever tattoo collectors um, often just do fall, winter, and early spring. Yeah, okay. Generally speaking, the best because then you're not wanting to like, you know, go to the beach with your friends or get in a hot tub or whatever. You know, you're just being like, well, I'm going to stay at home with my teeth. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. right, right. (laughs) Yeah. And how about if someone gets a tattoo on their their legs? Can they not shave it for a while? I'm assuming, right? No shaving? Uh, Yeah, you can shave. uh, We shave you right before you do, or before we do a tattoo, we remove any hair. Okay. And so generally, by the time you're healed up, which again, about six weeks is like topically and subdermally, you're pretty well healed usually. You can shave then. Um, Earnestly, even if you could before that, you probably wouldn't want to. It's so sensitive. You'd probably just be like, listen, it's going to be hairy for a minute. I'll wear tights. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Or I just don't care. And, I really just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and then out of curiosity, if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, I've actually been wanting to get a tattoo um, and they don't live around the Louisville area to go to you. How do you find someone that's reputable? Like, how do you know that you're picking a good tattoo artist or a parlor? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think now more so than ever, we have resources to everybody's portfolio. So you want to start out instead of just picking an artist that you're like, oh, this is cool. Like she does illustrative work, but I want to get black and gray realism. Look for the artist that's best for the piece that you want to get. Okay. And then, you know, after checking out portfolios and stuff like that, you can report to the health department. So you can look up like whether or not they're a clean shop, you know, um, okay, or even just asking on social media if anybody's had negative experiences or positive experiences with it um, is a good quick way to go. Um, And I'll say too, like, so you do all that and you get in a shop, you've made an appointment. If you go into a shop and your gut tells you you have a bad vibe, listen to your gut. Don't, don't just be Mm. polite. 
listen to your gut. You know, if it feels like shady or weird or dirty or, or anything like that, just go. It's, it's okay. You know, don't, I think there's a culture of us, especially women, but everybody that wants to make people happy, comply, or be polite in situations where we don't feel like we should be. Mm. A tattoo while fun and everybody's, you know, like, ooh, this is a good time and all that. It's also quite serious. You're getting, right. you know, a, Something a minor topical operation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So if you walk in and you just do not feel it, walk away. Um, a lot of times, too, what we'll have people do is schedule a consultation before the actual tattoo appointment. So that might be a good idea, too, for you to like schedule just a, a time when you go in and speak with the artist. You see the shop. You know, you can feel it out before you have like hours worth of a day set out to do this and then you're walking away. So that might be a good plan, too, is just, you know, pop in, get a feel. Then yeah. Make the appointment. And how long like from okay, so I'm just thinking, let's just say it's me. Let's just say it's me and I come to you and I'm like, I really want a tattoo. It's like me let's just say it's a size what's a, what's a normal size tattoo? Like the size of a hand or like what what would you consider yeah. normal? Something like that. Um yeah. and so I come in for like the consultation. Yeah. And then I wait for like the perfect time to do it. I make sure I'm hydrated, you know what I mean? Everything goes great. And then afterwards um, what's the process like with the healing, especially with the redhead? Like, I know you said there could be swelling. Like, do, do you, do you recommend icing it? Like what's the steps afterwards? And then how long does it take to have like, okay, the finished product, it looks so good. And this is exactly what I wanted. Is there, is there like a, you know, some people will be like, Oh, expect a, a month before you see results that you really like, like, what is it like afterwards? So right after you get a tattoo done, especially if you're a redhead and we've swollen and stuff like that, a lot of the lighter colors will look um, like yellows will look orange, whites will look pink. Okay. <laughs> so like, yeah. So right after the tattoo's done, don't be like, oh my God, they did my daffodil in orange. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you can do different methods of healing. Um, sometimes the artist will put a second skin on you. It's a thin, breathable membrane that they made for burn victims. Oh. Um, lots of different brands that they make, Thanaderm, Redemption, all that kind of stuff. That stays on you for five days. Um, and you have like plasma coming out and your body's healing itself. You don't really have to do much as far as aftercare until like uh, after the five days is up. Um, it also helps you heal a little bit quicker. I think that that for, excuse me, I think that for people with sensitive skin like us, um, that's a really great option. But there's also regular healing uh, where you just get a bandage that you leave on for three or four hours uh, you have a lot of plasma coming out, so you wash it pretty frequently three or four times a day. You put super thin layers of Aquaphor or another healing ointment mm -hmm. on it, never Vaseline or anything with like steroids or anything mm -hmm. like that, uh, or petroleum or anything. After the first 24 to 48 hours and you have all that plasma coming out, you get a really look like gross-looking white layer over the whole thing. It's so grody. Like, it really, really, really looks grody. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's your body healing itself. Um, and then it either peels or scabs or a combination thereof. While you do that, you can have, like, little bits of flakes of color coming off. And it sometimes seems like, oh, my tattoo is coming off. It's not. It's That's the color of your skin there now. Like, if you get a wound on an area that's been tattooed green in three years, your scab will be green. So then it peels or scabs. Um, and then after all that's through, after probably a couple weeks or so, it's kind of shiny and raised for a little bit. Um, at that point, topically, there's not a lot you can do to help it along besides obviously doing things like where you're eating like vitamin C or again, taking care of your body afterward. But it's subdermally healing, like underneath the skin, it's still settling in. So until it's kind of 
flat and it's like you're looking at it through a layer of skin mm. until that, like that's about the six week mark. That's when you're actually healed and when you know what it looks like. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So there is like a process. Yeah. No, no. Cause I think a lot of people nowadays, right. We're all into instant gratification. I mean, think about it. Like we all are like clicking, scrolling. We have no attention span. So I'm thinking about the people who are like, yeah, I want a tattoo. And then they go in there and they're like, not ready for the six weeks Mm. or however long it takes to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Everything afterward. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm healing a tattoo right now. Um, I got the background of my sleeve filled in. And you can kind of see it's like super dark right now. Um, and I'm waiting for it to like settle in a bit. So it'll be like it is. So I'm in the middle of that process right now. It's so itchy. Too. It, it so itches. Can you put cortisone cream on it or no? You don't want to do anything that's going to like have like, uh, like you don't want any steroids, antibiotics or anything like that. Okay. And uh, the reason behind that is, is it'll heal it too well, which is actually kind of Mm. ironic really but your body's trying to kind of fight the foreign invader anyway and so you don't want to be able to do that too well (laughs) so like um yeah which is also you you're not supposed to be on antibiotics or steroids when you're getting a tattoo and that's the reason behind it wow wow this is all really good i had no idea to be honest with you neither did i there's a lot yeah yeah (laughs) it is how about just out of curiosity, tattoo removal, is that something that you guys, that you do or have done with clients, whether they want to remove a tattoo or cover one up with something else? Yeah, I have not. Uh, I don't do any tattoo removal, okay. uh, but it is better now than it ever has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So if, you know, if somebody's considering it, there's so many good options now. Um, and we actually, one of the tattooers at my shop is getting, she got a bunch of tattoos when she was really young and just didn't love them or whatever. So mm. she's getting it lightened up enough to get the cover up that she wants mm. instead of just getting a cover up to cover it. You know, I know that it's been quite effective. Like even after just a few sessions, it looks fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely a good option if anybody ever was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And two, like, you know, Stephanie and I are so passionate about running our business. And so anytime we're talking to someone who like owns something. So I just wanted to know the story behind you opening your your parlor, you know, as a as our last question, I just wanted to know like what it was like to open up your own place and um, what made you want to do that? In our industry, it can be a little bit of a boys club sometimes, not mm-hmm. always, and it's getting better. Um, but I definitely wanted for a long time in my career to be able to control my own environment because of that, uh, which was the impetus to me wanting to open the shop. I will say though, right before I opened my shop, I worked at the nicest shop full of like men that were total feminists. And I was like, why am I leaving? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted a a place that was my own and that I could control the environment, Mm -hmm. you know, that I felt like, like this is my home. And this is where we're going to do these things that I want to do. I'd also for years wanted to do like, uh, like philanthropic days. Like we do charitable days for like the center for women and family. Yeah. And so that's something that like I couldn't do at the shops I was at previously because I didn't own them and I couldn't just say, we're going to do these things that we do now and that I love. So that's all been, I don't know, just making your own way and your own path and stuff like that. It's worth every minute of having to 
mop or mm-hmm. clean totally. up whatever, or, you know, yeah. or deal with plumbers or whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's so, so worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on everything. And, um, you know, this is such a new topic for Stephanie and I, so thank you for coming on and just sharing your wealth and wealth of knowledge. Cause this has been really, really cool. I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot about tattoos that they had no idea about. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure to include your Instagram handle and your website in the podcast notes for our listeners. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you, Lindy Lou. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Well, I have to say, I really am super, you know, just pumped that we had her on. And I think that it's a topic that we haven't really discussed even on howtobearedhead.com. But now the topic of pain and redheads and all the studies recently, it kind of made sense to to have her on, especially too being a natural redhead, which is awesome. So we'll definitely include her Instagram handle in the podcast notes. That way, if you're listening and you have a question, definitely DM her. Um, she has a wealth of knowledge that I think if yeah. you're contemplating getting a tattoo or removing one or whatever the case may be, Definitely, yeah, ask her. But I think it was such a, it was so, um, it's a different world that I'm not familiar with. You know, I'm, we're Same. also not, we're also not, you're an artist when you're a tat. Like, I always love, like, there's so many different forms of artistry. So there, you know, make um, makeup. I just talked to a makeup artist earlier this morning, actually, um, for a beauty box and just hearing her passion and yeah. her artistry and then like hearing, um, Lindy Lou about being a tattoo artist. It really is remarkable. And you, if you go on her, her Instagram page, you can see all of her beautiful uh, drawings and paintings. And it is something where you are putting your art on on someone permanently. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's so cool. I think. Yeah. No. It's it's so true. It's it's really it, having a tattoo. I think it's like a lifestyle thing. You know how like people who have yeah, jeeps I think or you're like right. redheads, yeah, like yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yep. And people who have tattoos, it's a lifestyle. And I do, I actually do think like way back we, a couple of years ago, I think we did a uh, post about tattoos. So if we did, we'll link it in the podcast notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think that it was really great to hear from her. I loved her advice about how you need to, you know, prepare for a tattoo, yeah. getting your consultations, making sure you're going to the right place. If you are in Louisville, Kentucky, watching or listening to this, you are going to want to go see her. So I think I think redheads should be getting a wealth of knowledge. I think that's what we're here for, right? Like we want to be able to give you guys the best advice for being a redhead. So we have some question and answers. So it's time for question and answers. So daily we get an array of questions, comments, emails, direct messages, and we wanted to put it all together in one place. And today, Steph, we are doing three, four. We're doing four Four. questions today. So if you want to send in your questions, you can email us h2barpodcast at gmail, DM us, Instagram or TikTok. And so yeah, let's get into it. 
Yeah. So the first one is from Louise on Facebook and she wrote in, I'm from Australia and I'm constantly getting called a ranger. I hate it. Mm. Are there similar names for redheads in other countries? I think that's so common to be called a ranger. In, ranger. in Australia. In Australia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know it's And then ginger, ginger in the UK, which is a love-hate relationship for a love-hate word for for redheads. I don't even care if someone says ginger to me. I don't even care. Usually yeah. I don't hear it that often, but if I do, Same. It, yeah, I it, never doesn't, really hear it, it doesn't bother me at all. The um, one thing that I don't really get is carrot top because the top of a carrot is green. So I don't really I know. know where that came from. I know. I know. All those names are just kind of silly. Like that's how I look they at are. it. Like they're silly, yeah. but I can understand Louise who's writing in that it may be. It is annoying. It's annoying. It can, and especially when you're younger, it can be it can be really, it can really affect you mental health wise mm-hmm. to be singled out. So I can understand that. But as you get to be an adult, you really don't care anymore. Um, and I think, yeah, well, actually, fun fact, like a decade ago, Stephanie and I were on the Australian Today Show. And I do remember that. Yeah. And they brought Ranja up, like they brought up the name. And I think we all laughed about it. But yeah, it's like a thing. And I Australia. think we just looked at them like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, like, like cool. laughed it off. <laughs> yeah. The second question is from Sharon on Instagram. And she wrote, what are your top five beauty tip secrets for redheads? Okay, so if you give your top five, I'll give my top five. Top five beauty tips? Beauty tips. Mm, wear sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Drink a lot of water. Invest in good, effective skincare. Um, have make sure you're using the right hair cleansing shampoo and conditioner for your hair type. I think that's really important because that also helps with scalp health. And then the fifth one. If all else fails with skincare, just make sure you're using a moisturizer and sunscreen. Yeah, I love those. That's really good. So what my are yours? my top five would be uh, learn how to control control the frizz. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are dealing with frizzy red hair, so learn how to deal with the frizz. That's why we love finely glossy. Mm-hmm. And my second tip would be I about eyebrows and eyelashes. Oh, and I didn't even think about makeup. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, eyebrows and eyelashes. We usually have very fair blonde. Mine are super transparent. Stephanie has more color than I do, but like mine are completely white. Like if the saying redheads have no soul, like that would be me um, without makeup on. (laughs) Um, So I would say invest in a really great eyebrow and mascara, which obviously that's why we have such passion for finally have brows and finally have lashes. Curl lashes. I meant to say that. Yeah. Curl lashes. I feel like that has been a game changer for you, Steph. But actually with our new technology for our mascara one, you won't have to. Yeah. Spoiler for what's coming up. (laughs) Um, I would say our the third stuff, I'm just going to copy you. Sunscreen. I feel like it's such a major, major, major importance. So I'm going to say sunscreen again. Then I want to say redheads really deal a lot with redness. I do anyway. Like I feel like sometimes my skin is so red and it's not a sunburn. I'm just dealing with redness, whether it's mm. new products. Maybe I took too hot of a shower the night before, whatever. I deal with a lot of redness. So I love like I love doing the color correcting. And so I do like a green, almost like a green concealer. Um, and I feel like just canceling out that red 
it really, really helps me. So anything with redness, and I think in the podcast notes, we'll do some uh, links just about redness um, because it's something that I feel like redheads really, if I, if I see a redhead, I feel like we all have that in common is like the fair mm. eyebrows, the redness and needing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, my final tip, my final, my final beauty secret would be confidence. I know that that's more of like a lifestyle thing, but I feel like when you're confident, it really reflects on, that's a good one, on yeah. who you are. And that's like the whole purpose of how to be a redhead. I would I would say confidence and fake it till you make it and love, love yourself. And I think, you know, in our Redhead Street series that we've been doing every Thursday, what my when we're interviewing the people stuff, I what I love is how we all have in common that like we hated our red hair, then when you learn to love it. And I think yeah. if we can just get to that point of loving it quicker, like we'll just be so much happier. (laughs) So I would say fake it till you make it, but have that confidence and it's just going to reflect out. Like what stuff, five, six, seven, eight episodes ago, we talked to Larson Thompson. And when we were talking with her, she didn't like have any makeup on, but because she was so confident, like my memory of her is just beauty. Yeah. Right. Same. Yeah. The third question is from Samantha on Instagram. Oh, this made me laugh. What's the longest or shortest your hair has ever been? Stephanie, tell them the story. Tell them the story. Well, the longest actually was recently. I just got a few inches cut off and I feel like it was the longest. The shortest <laughs> was horrible. Third Was it third grade? Maybe fourth grade? I was just going grade? in for a trim, remember? I know. You weren't there. You were no, supposed to be the no. But I die laughing when Stephanie's best friend from Michelle. They've been friends since they were three. When when Michelle tells this story, I cry laughing because like yeah, I, I, I just picture it. She, she was like, "You said you were just going to go in for a trim." I don't know how long my hair was, but I needed a haircut, and my mom thought she would bring me to the Paul Mitchell School. I don't know where it was. I think it was in West Warwick, and I sat down. And maybe I didn't tell the woman exactly what I wanted, but she got really scissor happy and ended up going, giving me a bob. Like, a, <laughs> no, it was stuff, a bob. Stuff. It was at your ears. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, first, it was an awkward length. It was above my ear, I think. <laughs> and it was horrible. I mean, already, like, Asia and I are the only redheads in this small school. And then, and then I have this horrible haircut. I cried after. Mom was like, it looks cute. <laughs> It was you like horrible. cried at dinner that night. It was horrible. I was so embarrassed to go to school. I remember that feeling, that like butterfly, like gut in your feeling because everyone just Aww. looked at me. I went to a, such a small school. We went to such a small school. It was like, I'm crying. obviously I knew like all 20 something kids and it was and horrible. And you had glasses on too. Yeah, I had a, I have a photo of Michelle and I. I later <laughs> ended up embracing it and then realizing like, oh, okay, it grows, but it took a couple years to get to a good length. That's so funny. It's one of my favorite stories. Yeah, it was horrible. How about you? What was? I mean, your hair is never short. I, I know. I I actually actually when um when I was living in Boston in like 2011 um 2010 you got a haircut and you got I, a what I, like one I, inch <laughs> no I was going to I was getting like frequent haircuts every six weeks you know like people say you're supposed to do that and. Now I just go, I go every six months. I go twice a year. That's all I'm getting my haircut. Yeah, my, my girl recommended every three, four months it's for way, me. It's OD. It's OD. But this one hairstylist was like, you should come every six weeks. And I really wanted my hair really lo- – like I love long – I love my long hair. And stuff. I don't know if you remember, I was putting hair extensions in during this time. 
So you, that's probably why you don't remember it being short, but oh, it was okay. short. It was like at my shoulders short. It was okay. short. And she was always cutting it. And then I remember when we moved to New York, I obviously wasn't going back to her. And my hair grew so quickly and I was so happy. But yeah, no, that was like my shortest was like at my shoulders and I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't my thing. But I, when I, it's funny, it's like when I see other people though, I'm like, oh, they'd look great if they had a shorter haircut. You know, like sometimes like when I'm looking at people, I think they should have a shorter haircut. Mm. It looks so nice on them. But for me personally, when we talked to Jordan a couple episodes ago about donating hair, oh yeah, not that I have long hair like she does, like all the way down to my thighs, but I was like, oh, I can totally relate to, to like her journey with like growing it out. So yeah. Yeah, my story makes me laugh. So, it's so funny. If you have a funny story, DM us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the last question is from Bree on Instagram. And she wrote, have you had teeth problems? I asked because of the pain associated with red hair. I hate going and have so I many dental, dental problems. problems. How? Well, I have to say, I think I must. I love going to the dentist. I have I no problem. I know. After we I like did getting a- my teeth cleaned. I'm actually getting an cleaning next week. Oh, I go next <laughs> month. Um, yeah. You know what? We did a whole podcast on this. So we let's did. Just, let's just uh, put this in the podcast yeah. notes for Brie. But yeah, we... With the dentist. With a redhead Who's a redhead? Dentist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we talk about teeth problems. Stephanie yeah. and I have not had teeth problems because we like going to the dentist. A lot of it though is genetic. It is. No, a lot. It yeah. can be. It can be genetic. Yeah. And it, it can be a, an array of things. So yeah. listen to that whole podcast because I think that you're going to really, really get some really good information. Yeah. So want to help us spread the news about the How to Be a Redhead brand in this podcast? Please give us a five-star review and tell your friends, everyone, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on howtobearedhead.com, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes where you'll find links with products mentioned and so much more. Rock it like a redhead. Rock it like a redhead.